Father, we thank you. We praise you. We exalt you. We acknowledge you as sovereign and in control of all things at all times. And Lord, I am so grateful that I get to gather in this room with my friends, my family. And I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, that you afford us in this new year. Lord, I pray that we realize that if we abide in you, we would bear much fruit. That everything has to start and finish with you. Anything else we will pursue, Father God, will eventually wind up being nothing but a mist. We want you more than anything else. Help us, Lord, to prioritize our lives in such a way where you are first, where you sit on the throne of our hearts, where our thoughts turn to you more than they turn to anything else. And Lord, so I pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ, the name that's above all names, that you would touch each and every one of us here today and allow us to sense your leading, your embrace, and hear a small, still whisper that resonates deep in our souls how much you love us. And so, Lord, I thank you for moments like this that you mark on the calendar and invite us to take part in. I pray this all in Jesus' name, and everyone said? Amen. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Praise the Lord. I, I, everyone's come up before you and say how tired they are. <laughs> but it's an amazing thing when you get spent in praising God. It's an amazing thing where it's not you got a hangover. If anything, there is this joy and jubilation. Yeah, the bones are creaking a little bit, and, you know, you, you, you can't wait for me to finish so you can go to bed. You know, I, I got it. But for the next 30 or 40 minutes, let's just focus. $525,960. This number bears great significance for all of us sitting in this room because we stand at the threshold of a new year. An opportunity, new opportunities are going to come to us. New beginnings for us. We've never been here before. This is the 2017. Tomorrow, you've never been in tomorrow. And the next day, and the next day. So everything is new for us. And I want to be able to talk a little bit about what's new look like. New is not recycling the past. It's not redressing it and bringing it into the present. We're going to talk a little bit about that today, but I want to be able to start this year in the book of beginnings, which is the book of Genesis. If you don't know where to find it, if you open your Bible, immediately you will land in Genesis. This is not something we got to figure out. Amen? So I'm going to ask everybody to stand as we read from the scriptures today. We're going to be reading from Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. We should read it loudly as you have not seen it before. In your bulletins, there is a handout for you also to help you for those who need to wear glasses like I do and sometimes I can't see. So let's, at the count of three, read it out loud. Amen? Amen. Ready? One, two, three. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth And the Spirit of God was hovering over its 
is God's word. Amen. You may be seated. As tired as you are, I'm probably just as tired and just as old, so I will sit. Okay? Not only that, but I have a sense that we're among family and friends, and it's a good time for us to just sit around and have a chat about what this year should begin to look like for us. There is a beginning. Uh, when we see the scriptures unveiled to us, we begin to realize that God created everything. Everything exists and emanates from God. There is no other origin that we can point to. Some believe that two bodies of matter collided and all this came out of it. Pause. I find that hard to believe because where did the matter come from? And in doing that, what we do is we negate the creator. We begin to allow man to be the one that establishes things and gives names to things. But it was God at the very beginning. If you continue to read this narrative, God continues to create. What I want you to see in this scripture is that the earth was empty. The Bible says a formless mass cloaked in darkness. That there was nothing, and God made something out of it. And I want you to hold on to that because I want you to realize something, that God makes the impossible possible. He takes the chaos and formlessness of our lives and begins to create something for us and through us that we can begin to walk into. The scripture goes on to say further on in Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 26, the same thing. It won't be on the screen. Just leave that one right there, please. It says, then God said, let us make people in our image to be like ourselves. They will be masters of all life. This scripture is in your bulletin. You can underline that word, masters of all life, indicating something happened in creation. As we read the creation narrative, you have to understand that God not only created all this and then created us, but then he gave us dominion and authority over all things. But we see in the continued narrative that we have a tendency to begin to worship the creation rather than the creator, and we begin to abdicate the authority and dominion that's given to us. So when we say we should be more than conquerors, it wasn't in the New Testament. It was in the Old Testament. It was in the beginning. God established this at the very beginning that you and I would be masters of life. And the Bible says clearly that sin crouches at your door, but you must master it. It doesn't mean that it's going to go away. You must master it. You must bring it under your feet. Yes. You, you must be over it, not in it. Yes. And it's important for me to understand, as, as God created, I, I love the part about this whole thing about it being formless, nothing existing, nothing being around. And I don't know about you, but, but there was nothing going on in my life of significance until I came to Christ. Prior to Christ, B.C., it was all about me. Okay, now, I'm the only one here, right? Yeah. Some of us are still there, all right? It was all about me. When I began to read this, I began to realize that my existence, my purpose in life has nothing to do with me. And as we begin to move into this new year, you somehow have to realize that it's not about you. 
So when you get offended, when something happens in your life that is unusual and you find it to be, I can't believe this has happened. Know that in the very beginning, things have happened. And what God wants us to do is be able to get past these things so that we can fulfill that goal that he has established for us in the very beginning. His goal is for us to have a relationship with him. God created linearly. Unlike this cataclysmic idea that people feel, you know, these two things exploded and everything came out of it, he has a beginning for us, and he also has an end for us. And this is not the end. And sometimes a lot of us get caught in the situations that we find ourselves in, and we feel like it's the end. It's over. I can't do this anymore. Yes, you can. Because God is not finished. He said it is finished, meaning that no longer should sin have dominion over you. No longer should sin be what rules in your life. No longer should a lifestyle or a preference be something that you allow to identify you, but that you would allow God who created the heavens and earth and created you with the purpose of having a relationship with you. He made the earth so that his purpose can be fulfilled because there's no other planet we can live on. There's no other planet with the vegetation, the agriculture. If you read further on, this whole thing that scientists call photosynthesis, they gave it a name that God had already established. We wind up worshiping the creation rather than the creator. And in worshiping the creation, we establish idols in our lives. When you start looking at the creation to satisfy that which within you, that God placed in you, that you need him in order to be satisfied, you're going to wind up in, in trouble. It's that simple. When you begin to worship the creation, that person, when you begin to worship that job, that thing, when you begin to worship that place, that is creation, not the creator. The fact that you have those things and those things are available to each and every one of us, it's because of the creator. So if anything, you should find out the purpose of his creation. His creation is not for you to objectify it or to use it for your pleasure. It is not for you to dehumanize it or pervert it. It is for you to look to him for the glory and beauty that God has placed in each and every one of us. You know, when the mountains rise, they're praising God. When the trees sway, they're praising God. When, when, when the rivers roar, they're praising God. When a lion roars in the jungle, he's saying, hallelujah, glory to God. How much more should we, created in his image, should praise him? And I'm not just saying with words, it's because God in his word says, I'm looking for people who are going to praise me and worship me in spirit and in truth. He says they praise me with their minds, but their hearts are far from me. And he's looking to and fro across the earth in this new year for someone who will worship the creator rather than the creation. Someone who will praise the creator rather than the creation. Someone who, who will begin to realize, man, it is because of you that I exist. It is because of you that I didn't die when that situation happened. And although I was heartbroken when that relationship didn't work out, I'm still here. I'm still here. I may be broke and busted, but I'm still here. And based on this, if I'm broke and busted and there's nothing going on, who can do something with something there's nothing going on in? 
if not God. If my life has no order, if my life has no shape, if my life has no purpose, who should I go to for that? Not the creation, but the creator. That's where I want to turn to this year. That's all I want to do. There's so much going on, and if you get caught up in the opposition you face to live for Christ, to serve Christ, you're going to want to give up. And it's only day one, so giving up is not an option right now. <laughs> Catch me in June. <laughs> but, but you understand what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's this movement now. This God who is leaning on his creation is leaning in our movement. We come in a particular way, and God meets us right where we are. And then he begins to help us along this continuum to get us to where we need to get to on a daily basis. This conversion is daily. This sanctification is daily. And it doesn't happen shopping in Macy's. It happens at the foot of the cross. It happens in Christ. I had a brother who uh, a year ago, you know, one, one, of my, one of my tough guys, one of my tough guys. I love him very much. And uh, I said, you need to read the Bible. He says, yeah, but I don't understand. I'm not asking you to understand it. I'm just asking you to read it. You know? Just read it. Just open it up and read it. Got him on a plan for a whole year, and he read the Bible in a year. Now, you have to understand that this guy is not the smartest cookie in the tank. Love him dearly. But when I said, okay, can you do this? He said, yeah, I think I can do this. Got him on a plan to read the word for a year. Now we're going to read it again with a different purpose. Now you're going to study it for life change. You've read it, and you have a bunch of questions about, man, God was a punishing God. I said, no, 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 don't start with that punishing God. You didn't read the small print. God is not there to punish us. It's in the small print. If you do it this way, you'll be blessed. If you do it this way, you'll be cursed. See, a lot of us want to act cursed, but want to be blessed. <laughs> and, 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 and we shouldn't do that. You have to understand something at the very outset of this year. God hates sin. God hates sin. It's the very thing in the Bible where you see that it went dark. There was a separation at that moment when Christ took upon all the sin of the world, past, present, and future, the sin that you're about to commit has already been taken upon the cross by Christ. We find redemption in Christ. When we run to Christ and repent, we're able to begin anew. So it's important to understand God hates sin, but he loves a sinner who repents. I want you to realize that because it is so vital for us to embrace that. He goes on to say in this text, which is so important for us, because you have to understand the narrative as you go further. He doesn't create the sun and the moon, the two lights, to later on, but he separates light and darkness. The chaos that was existing, he separates light and darkness, and there is a reason for the separation of light and darkness. They can exist. They can exist together. One overwhelms one, and because of that, you have to understand that it says that Christ is the light of this world. Christ is the light of this world. He then goes on further, and he says that when someone comes to Christ, when someone makes confession of faith, he likes a light inside you. 
And some of you have experienced that. There is a glow about you. There is a difference about you. If people ask, what happened to you? It's not the medication. Okay? It's God working things out within us. This is, is, he's dispelling the darkness in our lives. He's beginning to push those things out that don't line up anymore with who we're supposed to be. So God himself says, light and darkness have to be separated. That which looks like darkness, those dark deeds have to be separated from our lives. And it's important for us to understand that our secrets grow in darkness. And this year should be a year of confession. Should be a year of repentance. And I'm not talking about later. I'm talking about now. I'm talking about starting out the year in a way in which you allow this conversion that's happening daily in your life. A lot of us, we heard it last night, want to run on last week's blessing. God's mercies are new every single morning. Every single day is an opportunity for us to experience God. He goes on to say that I put a new song within you. Is there a song in your head that you can't seem to get out? And I'm not talking about, you so cantante. No, that's not the one I'm talking about. It's a good song, by the way. But it's important for us to understand there's a new song within us, and the song is a song of praise, a song of thanksgiving, because we understand, listen, everything you have is because of God. He is a God who provides. So he gives us dominion. He creates, and he says, all this is yours. He says we're supposed to be masters of life. He takes this formless environment and begins to create a place where we can habitate and we can begin to work out and fulfill the goal he has for us here on this earth. Listen, if we don't get it right here, no te evita que no va. I just spoke in tongues. So the interpretation is, is don't get dressed because you're not going. Right? It's important for us to understand how important it is for us to try now, right here in this day, to begin to work out those things in our lives that bring glory to God. It's easier for me today. But I have to explain to you that the enemy is a great counterfeiter. The enemy will present to you everything you've been praying about except one little thing is missing. And you'll settle for the counterfeit because you're not willing to discern the blessing of God in its entirety. God doesn't give you a broken lamb. God doesn't give you broken. He gives you new. We are in new year, new beginnings, new opportunities. And that means that we have to discern the opportunities that God will present to us. And that cannot happen unless you are asking for the wisdom of God to be able to discern those things that are of God. Because the enemy is also a disguiser of light. Many people have had these near-death experiences, and they said, I seen a light, but somehow I came back. They say, you God, you better be glad you came back because that light wasn't leading you to Jesus. <laughs> That's the reason you came back. <laughs> it's important for us to understand that the enemy presents counterfeits before us. We have to be able to discern the truth. 
The FBI trains its, its counterfeit department not by showing it fake money, but by immersing them in real money. They surround them, they taste it, they feel it, they rub it on them so that when an imitation, a counterfeit is presented, they spot it. You see, if you're not in the truth, when a half-truth comes to you, you'll grasp it. And let me tell you something that you may not know. The great accuser of the brethren knows the word better than you do. And because he does, he'll give you a little bit. He'll give you, God helps those that help themselves. Get better, and then you'll get God. Stop doing that, and then you can come to Jesus. Because you know in the church, you can't, you can't walk in like that. You know, the common is uh, the church is going to fall down if I come in. Well, let it fall down, but come on in. Because it's important for us to understand that salvation is found in no other name except the name of Jesus. The creator of the heavens and earth established it that way. And people say, why would, why would God create us in his image? Does it mean that I am divine? No, you're not a deity. You're not divine. You're not God. He created us in his image because it was the very same image that his son would appear to us later. He created the trees. Jesus didn't come as a tree. He created the fish. He didn't come as a fish. He came as a man. And that's why he created us that way. So that we can have someone who can identify with all the things we're going to and all the things that we need and all the things that we desire, we will find in only one person. And that is the person of Jesus Christ. I want to read something else. It says here, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. It's in your bulletin. It won't be on the screen. It says, in the beginning. When did it happen? In the beginning. The word already existed. He was with God. Hold on right there. Stop right there for a moment. Okay. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. Then it uses a pronoun to identify the word. The word is a he. He was with God, and he was God. Okay, hold on. I'm getting confused here. Pause for a moment again. He was with God, and he was God. He was in the beginning with God. He created everything there is. Nothing exists that he didn't make. Life itself was in him. And this life gives light to everyone. The light shines through the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. You hear that word? Let's find out who the he is. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. You can write it down. It won't be on the screen. It's not in your bulletin. Write this down. You have to do some work here for crying out loud. What's the matter with you people? You're going to leave it all up to me up here? Get a pen. Write down. There's notes on the bottom. Come on, people. Come on. New year. New beginnings. New opportunities. All right. Colossians chapter 1, verse 16 says this. Christ is the one through whom God created everything in heaven and earth. That's the he. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. Kings, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities. Everything has been created through him and for him. He existed before everything else began, and he holds all creation together. Jesus. 
Colossians chapter 1, verse 16. Jesus. Jesus. He's the word. He was in the beginning. This triune God creating. Let us make. Let us bring forth life. For what purpose? So that we can be in a relationship with God. Oh, man. I hope you get this. I want you to stop every relationship you have. You're like, oh, my God, what are you talking about? I need you to focus on Jesus because he will never leave you and never forsake you. He will continue to work things out in your life. Anybody here try to change anybody? How does that work for you? Yeah, it, it, it doesn't work, does it? Right? Yeah, it, it doesn't work. You see, God doesn't necessarily take us out of our painful situations. People say, God, I need you to take care of this. He's doing something through those painful situations. He is building character within you so that you can walk and live in your calling. Because I got to tell you something. Jesus had a position. Jesus was persecuted. Jesus was ridiculed. Jesus was spat on. Jesus was talked about. You following me? So suddenly when someone talks about you, you got a problem. I'm just glad they're talking about me. I'm famous now. If all you're doing is talking about PG, you got a problem. You're talking about God. You should be having conversations about Jesus. That's what you should be doing. You should be gathering around Jesus. If you're spending your time talking about someone else, you're missing the purpose, the creator creating. It is for his glory, for his honor and his praise. It's important for us to say, I want to read Psalm 19.1. Write this down too. You're not going to find it anywhere else but here. Anywhere else but here. I find it that sometimes as a church, we're making it extremely convenient for you not to open your Bible. In this coming year, you should have a Bible. I don't know. I wouldn't recommend that you steal one, but I recommend that you invest in one. Because if the phone dies and you can't, see your word, and this is, there's nothing like cracking a new book open. There's nothing like marking up your Bible. This is my study Bible. I, you got to see what it looks like. It's got notes even like, like to remind me of things. Amen? But in Psalm 19.1, regarding the heavens and the earth and the creation of God, it says this, the heavens tell of the glory of God. The skies display his marvelous craftsmanship. Anybody ever look at the sky with puffy clouds, all kinds of shape? I know some of you are weird. You say, oh, it's smiling at me. Right? We try to find faces in the clouds and stuff like that. It says, day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. Creation makes him known. We had the opportunity to, to uh, it's called Sunset Beach, if I'm not mistaken. Me, uh, me and my girls, my wife and, and my daughter, uh, my son has moved away um, to try to work things out on his own. I'm so happy for him. Um, and, uh, no, I miss him. I mean, I don't want you to get wrong. I mean, I'm happy, but <laughs> I miss my son. You see, you guys, you, you guys, <laughs> he's still going. <laughs> and we went to Sunset Beach, and we had the privilege of watching the sunset. And, and, and you know, I'm thinking to myself, and I'm saying, the sun doesn't move. Anybody realize that? The earth moves. The sun doesn't necessarily rise and set. We 
on motion. The sun is the center of the universe. Ah, you, you missed that part. S-O-N. S-O-N is the center of the universe. If he is the center of the universe, he should be the center of your life. If everything is made by him, for him, through him, including the very right that you are able to inhale and exhale right now, your existence should not be separate and apart from God. In Christ, we're going to find everything that we need. We don't have to chase anything. We don't have to pursue anything. It's important for us to realize that in the midst of everything, if we sit at the feet of Jesus, we will receive everything that we need to navigate the path that he has set before us. There's no other path for us to travel. This creator of the heavens and the earth who took this formless mass cloaked in darkness and decided to breathe on it and said, and that's the method in which he created. He did not use hammer and nails and saw. He said, and it was done. How much more for us to get into his word to realize what it is that he says on a regular basis, to understand what it is he's trying to tell us every single day of our lives. Let me read this part here. John chapter 1, verse 12 and 13 is a familiar memory verse for all of us. It says, it's in your bulletin, but to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn. This is not physical birth resulting from human passion or plan. This rebirth comes from God. You have nothing to do with it except the fact that you acknowledge that you're in need of a savior. The fact that you realize how filthy and wretched I am and that I, no matter how many showers I take, cannot clean off the stain of sin on my life. And the only thing that can do that is this great soap that's made in Jesus. It's called blood. It's a good soap. It's a, you you got to get some of this. You, you got to let the, the, the soap of Jesus wash you white as snow. The Bible says that, right? Though my sin are as crimson red, I will make them as white as snow. We all need to jump in the shower with that soap. We all need to get cleaned up. Because the truth of the matter is, sin doesn't look good on you. And you are part of this body, believer. You are part of this body. When you say yes to Jesus, you affect the body. You affect me. We all get touched by what you do. And it's important that in this year, this new year, this opportunity that is before us, this new beginning that we have, that we will take it upon ourselves to say, Lord, I just want more of you. See, that's what's going to help us. Less of this world and more of you. If that will be the prayer of our lives. And just 
I just thought about this. All of us today have one day that we haven't sinned. One day clean. We all can begin to celebrate an anniversary next year at this time. We all have one day that we're good. Woo! One day. Now, if I could string together 365 days in which I am giving the glory to God, in which I am resisting those temptations that come my way, in which I am diving into God's word to find the wisdom and get the discernment I need, where I am relying on God and not on man, when I am looking to him and not to those things that I used to before to bring satisfaction to that void that I have in my life, a year from now, we'll be able to testify about the greatness of God. That is awesome. But I need to talk to you a little bit now about the past. The, the past shouldn't define us. The past is something that we should reckon with. We talked last night about forgetting. There are some things that we don't forget. We want to forget. We want to remember the beauty and the glory of God. And as much as we try to forget, how many people have tried to forget some things that have happened to you? It just, it, it, sometimes it just, it just creeps up on you. I want to give you a different solution. Because as much as I try to forget some things, I haven't fully healed from them. Am I the only one? I haven't fully healed from them. So every now and then, when someone acts like that, it kicks up some stuff inside me. Right? And it wants me to respond to you the way I didn't have an opportunity to respond to him. Or to her. So I bring my past into my present. Not good. Because then you're looking at me like I got two heads. Because I just transferred everything that I wanted to say to him onto you. And that's not fair. So rather than approaching it from a sense of forgetting, I want you to do three things with your past. I want you to first reckon with it. What does that mean? That you embrace it. That you realize it happened. Right? I don't got to get hypnotized to bring it back up. I know it happened. The next thing is to resolve it. You can't go back. You can't fix it. You can't do anything about it. We, we, we teach about forgiveness, about closing the books, about those who have harmed you, those who have hurt you, but also in the past, listen to me, there are behaviors. There are things we did in darkness in the past, 2016. I don't know about you, but we as collectively, as a church, have done some things. And we have to be able to resolve those things. And the way we resolve those things is say, okay, they happened but I'm not going to let them define my future, my present. I want to be able to resolve it. And the third R is you need to repent. We need to repent corporately. We need to repent individually. We need to repent as a nation. We need to be able to repent, not say you're sorry. 
But find this godly sorrow. Not, not, you know, because people, you know, they, they, people think that because they, they bring something out that, by the way, we already know. We're just waiting for you to come up with it. That we already know that now the weight is off your shoulders. You say, oh, God, I told somebody. That feels good. But then you go back to doing it again. That's what we called worldly sorrow. We, we call that worldly sorrow because the only reason you came forth is because you got caught. That's the only reason. And I want to encourage you to realize that worldly sorrow will not get you the blessing of God. It is a brokenness, a contrite heart of a man or woman who finds himself with their sin before them and say, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this? And before you can even finish, Jesus is the one that does that for us. So what are we going to do with our past? We're going to reckon with it. It happened. Nothing I can do about it now. Don't hold it over my head. Don't keep reminding me of it. I want to resolve it. If there's something that I need to resolve, if there's somebody that I need to forgive, is there something that I need to understand? The origin of that behavior comes from the fact that I have not entered into this new birth. I have not accepted this conversion. I don't believe that Christ is all I need. You need to resolve that. Because Christ is all you need. And until you come to that realization, what's going to happen is you won't be able to resolve that. So therefore, you'll keep going back to your past and bringing it into your present. And here's what I want you to know. You need to leave the past where it belongs. You need to leave it in the past. And every now and then, listen to me, in your present, when that past behavior tries to invade your present, you need to speak to it and say, that's my past. That's not my present. That was then and this is now. So because that is then and this is now, we have to begin to recognize that our past is going to try to invade our present. Whatever happened last year that you're still holding on to, you got to take that to the Lord. If you're still holding on to it, if you're still stroking it, if you're still marinating, if you're still thinking about it, then guess what? It's going to invade your present. And your present won't be what it's supposed to be, new beginnings, because all you did was bring your past into your present. That's why it's called 2017. It's a new year. That's why we celebrate the newness that comes with it. You know, in Spanish homes, you have to make sure that the new year doesn't catch you with your house dirty or laundry. <laughs> so guess what we were doing the last couple of weeks? <laughs> laundry and cleaning our house. You know, and I called my daughter up and she said, what you doing? She said, I'm cleaning up. I said, that was a tradition passed on by your mother. <laughs> Go ahead. Because all I did was throw myself in the closet and close the door. That's all I did. It's a cleaning up that has to happen. It's, it's a cleaning up of your garments. It's a cleaning up of your heart and your mind so that you can begin to experience this newness of life. 
this new beginning, this new opportunity. So in this year, I'm not about resolutions. I'm not. If you are, sorry. <laughs> they don't work. They, they, they just don't work. You know, because it's something externally that you haven't internalized. Yeah, you look in the mirror and you say, I got to lose some weight. Internally said, let's go eat. <laughs> so until internally you work that out, it's not going to happen externally. And that's what newness is about. This new opportunity we have is to get our inside, to allow God to work on our insides. So no matter what happens externally, we're able to work on this path that he has set before us. No matter what happens, I'm going to serve the Lord. No matter what happens, I'm going to keep my eyes fixed on him, the author and finisher of my faith. No matter what happens, my healing comes from the Lord. No matter what happens, my provision comes from the Lord. No matter what happens, my life is in his hands. So stay there. Stay right in his hands. So in this coming year, I'm not about resolutions, but I've given you a blank piece of paper inside your bulletin. Inside your bulletin, I've given you a blank piece of paper. Everybody pull it out right about now. I thought about how to visualize this. Everybody see it? A small paper like this. What's wrong with this paper? It's blank. Wow, we got a lot of smart people up in this room. Must be them, must be them smartphones. This is blank. This is what the new year, new beginnings, and new opportunities look like for you. And here's what I want you to do right now, this minute. And I'm doing it too. One thing, one thing that you need to do more of that brings glory to God. One thing. Don't look at your neighbor. Just, just, just follow instructions or how. Just, just one. You know why just one? Because that will be your focus in this coming year. One at a time. One at a time. So I'm going to write mine down. What? What? Should I smile more? <laughs> My wife tells me that all the time. This is, this is not for you to share with your neighbor. This is for you. So you're going to fold it, and that's going to be your prayer for this whole year. God, help me to be more of this. Do more of this for your glory and for your honor. Keep it in a safe place. Refer to it regularly. Keep it in your Bible. Find a verse to support it. Are you listening to me? Find a biblical verse to support it so that you can be constantly reminded of what in this new year you will be able to accomplish. And if we accomplish that one thing, I am certain that not only you, but everyone around you would be better. That is what we want this year.
That is what God has for you this year, a new opportunity. What's happened in the past has happened. Reckon with it, resolve it, and repent of it. When it tries to invade your present, remind it that it is your past. When someone brings up your past, thank them very much, but remind them that's in the past. And you know why it's in the past? Because God says in his word that I have cast your sins where? In the deepest part of the sea, and I've hanged a no fishing sign, and I will not remember them. So for me and you, it's for us to move forward in this new year because we've never been here before. So for you to bring in the past, for you to bring in those behaviors, what you're going to do is contaminate your present. And you don't want to do that. So I started out with a number at the very beginning. And some of you are trying to probably guess what that number is. <laughs> Five. 126, 960, 25, 25. Everybody have that number in front of them in your bulletin? Do you know what it is? It is the number of minutes in a year. What you mean? <laughs> it is the number of minutes in a year. It's the time that you have in this year to live a life that brings glory to God. Meaning that every minute counts. Every minute is important. Time is something that is fixed. We can't take away or add. And it doesn't even ask our permission to take away. It's important that we realize the time that has been given to us to be able to bring glory to God, to see the new beginnings that are before us and the new opportunities that are before us. And it starts out with us reckoning, resolving, and repenting from our past so that it doesn't come into our present and contaminate what God wants to do with you in this new year. It is what God has for us today. In the beginning, he created in the beginning, he established. So where will we go for the answers of life if not to the creator of heaven and earth and all that is in it? There's nowhere else I want to go. There's no lining up the stars. Whether you're a Libra or Sagittarius, it makes no difference. What makes a difference is that you are a Christ follower. Christ's follower looks a particular way, acts a particular way, rejoices in a particular way. In the midst of everything that's going on, I don't care who's in the White House. I know who sits on the throne. That's what matters. I want to bring glory to God. I've written something down that I want to pray about written something down that I want to live out this year. And I want you to have it before you as you leave this place and walk through this 525,960 minutes of this year. Because when you look at that paper and it doesn't look like that, then chuck it. If it's not about, then chuck it. 
You want to stay focused on what it is God wants you to do. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. We're about to